So when I was about 14 or 15 years old, I found a copy in my English classroom of a book by Alexander Solzhenitsyn called A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich, which detailed what it was like in a Soviet gulag, and that led me down a whole path of studying human evil, of studying mass murders, of studying uh, genocide, of studying the Holocaust, and just trying to absorb and figure out and process the depth and breadth of human evil and the murderous impulse that seems to rear itself like some jugular striking hydra head repeatedly in human history. And Project Veritas has done some work here the hashtag is Exposed2020. I put links to all of this below. I'm not going to play the audio because it's kind of rough and you won't be able to hear it very well. But what I will do is I will read it to you. This is Exposed2020 Part 1. Bernie2020 field organizer states, Effing cities will burn if Trump wins re-election. Calls for violence, mass murder of opposition, reign of terror. Reign of terror, of course, a reference to the left in the French Revolution, who, when they got to power or on their way to power, slaughtered priests, slaughtered nuns, slaughtered children, and uh, invented the guillotine so that they could more efficiently mass murder the population. So this is Kyle Jurek, Iowa field organizer of the Sanders campaign, says, I'm ready to throw down now the billionaire class, the effing media pundits, walk into MSNBC studios, drag those MFers out by their hair and light them on fire in the streets. He suggests that liberal Democrats should be placed in gulags or be put to death. Liberals get the effing wall first. And this is, like I'm telling you, this is like when you play around with communism, when you play around with totalitarianism, you invite some significant devils into the world and you give them an enormous amount of power. And it's almost kind of like a death, w death wish. This guy, remember, field organizer for the Sanders campaign says, well, I'll tell you what in Cuba, what did they do to reactionaries? You want to fight against the revolution? You're going to die for it, MFR. Free speech has repercussions. There are consequences. You should expect a violent reaction, and you deserve a violent reaction. Uh, he considers, like, the world is on fire. This is an emergency situation, and you're hung up on vaginas. In other words, should Elizabeth Warren get the nomination because she's female? He has been paid at least $9,775 since starting in his official campaign role. And... Yeah, he says if Bernie doesn't get the nomination or it goes to a second round of the DNC convention, effing Milwaukee will burn. It'll start in Milwaukee, and when the police push back on that, then other cities will just effing. The cops are going to be the ones that are getting effing beaten in Milwaukee, he says. They're going to call up the National Guard for that. Shite, I promise you that. He says, I'm ready to throw down now. I don't want to wait and have to wait for effing DNC. The billionaire class, the effing media, pundits, walk into those, that MSNBC studios, drag those MFers out by their hair and light them on fire in the streets. And uh, it's, uh, it's wild stuff. He supports Bernie Sanders, but it's upset that Warren supporters equate Sanders to Warren. He says, yeah, like we're not on the same team, guys, you know. Like I know you guys like to say, hey, Warren's just like Bernie, but a woman. But guess what? We're not on the same team. And he complains about uh, Bernie's judgment of character and complains about free speech. And he says, the only thing that fascists understand is violence. So the only way you can confront them is with violence. And this is a field organizer for the Sanders campaign. This is part two. 
Bernie 2020 field organizer Carl Jurek, there are things that are more important than the rule of law in the United States, declares that his views are shared by many others. Within the Sanders campaign, Secret Service have been notified of a POTUS assassination concern. Now, he says Stalin had a legitimate reason to use gulags, claiming gulags were, quote, better than what the CIA has told us they were. Try that with Treblinka or Auschwitz. And gulags, I mean, you've got to read, uh, it's grim reading, but essential reading, if you want to understand the 20th century and the possible 21st century, the the gulag archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn is grim, brutal stuff but essential to understand just how ugly human nature can be when it is liberated from voluntarism and moral consequences. So he says um, that uh, he's participated in Antifa events. The people who shut down my speech reveals that, quote, a lot of them are probably on the Bernie campaign. And uh, he said, so this is what he said. He said, there's a reason Joseph Stalin had gulags, right? And actually, gulags are a lot better than what the CIA has told us they were. And then he complains about American prisons. Soviet Union didn't do that. And he says, yeah, you're not going to get Bernie to say gulags. But, like, I'm all aboard for gulags. Like, I feel there needs to be re-education for a significant portion of our society. I mean, but running for president in the United States, you can't say anything like that, right? Putting them up against the wall. I mean, the, altern- the alternative, instead of trying to, like, re-educate these people and put them back into society, the only option is, the only other alternative is, is to effing, and then he makes a gesture and shooting noise. You know what I mean? So the Project Veritas action journalists also asked him about his involvement with violent groups such as Antifa and what political ideologies he and his colleagues identify with. The journalist said, that's just crazy what that guy said. I mean, I know we have a lot of the communists, the Marxists on our side, but, and he says, yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah? Yeah. In fact, there's that I know of one, two, three, four, four of the organizers in this office are leftists of some degree, further left than the Democratic Socialists. The degree varies, but many of the organizers are actually, I didn't even count Justin. So Justin, me, Derek, Danielle, Jessica, we're all further left than the Democratic, Democratic Socialists. And he says, I'm an anarcho-communist, so I'm as far to the left as you can possibly get. And he says, I mean, the whole basis of communism is like people and planet above property. Like we're here to preserve the planet, to preserve people, right? We don't want to have to, but if we effing, if people are going to try and fight back against the revolution. So when you hear about like atrocities committed in Cuba by like Fidel and Jay, like killing people, those people who were actively like they were anti-revolution, they were fighting against the revolution. Like in any war, like you guys were in a war and you encounter people who are fighting against you. What do you do? Kill them. What did you do? Kill them. Right. Same thing holds true in a revolution. Right? Like, you can't abide people actively working against your effing revolution. Like, you can't give them a choice. Like, hey, you can join the revolution. You cannot be a bootlicker. You could sit idly by and allow it to happen. But if you're going to take up arms against the revolution, then you should expect a violent response. Right? Like, it's effing natural. So then there's all this panic about uh, global warming, I think, uh, fighting for the survival of the human race. And, of course, if you can get people to panic about these extremities, then the by any means necessary becomes entirely justifiable for them, right? And then he's uh, looking to uh, punch, a, he's hoping to punch a Nazi, and um, he said, uh, the journalist said, other Antifa people here? He said, there are some here, a lot of them probably on the Bernie campaign, but there is a DSA, a Democratic Socialist of America, chapter here, so, like, some of the DSA folks would probably, we've been looking for an action to, like, participate in. Like, in regard to immigration and ICE, we've been looking for something to pop off, so we can having pop right back off. One day I'll get the chance, he says. So that is the reality of the people who oppose me 
And, uh, you know, those of us who are out here trying to stand between these wolves and the general population, it's a bit of a thankless job at times. It's a bit of a difficult job. And, of course, if you were to mirror this on the Trump side, everybody would be going crazy if there was somebody, you know. This could conceivably be somewhat worse than saying that um, uh, if you're famous and rich and powerful, women will let you grab them by the pussy. Uh, this could be considered somewhat more dangerous than that. And the media, who's not reporting on this, who's not exposing all of this kind of stuff, uh, it's, they are just consumed with a death wish because um, we'll all be up against the wall. Okay, some final thoughts. It is, of course, hard to fathom where such bottomless hatred and hostility comes from. I've done a series called The Bomb in the Brain, which goes through some of the data regarding the effects on adults of significantly traumatized childhoods. And I think it goes without saying that this fellow and others like him had very bad childhoods. And they, of course, are filled with a lot of anger at a society that failed to protect them as it does fail to protect many children. But of course, as I've talked about peaceful parenting and tried to help families improve, there has been a lot of backlash against me, just as there has been after I released my very anti-communist documentary um, called Hong Kong Fight for Freedom. You can find that at fdrurl.com forward slash Hong Kong. You can find it at freedomain.com. Just look at documentaries. Please, please check it out and share it. It's being quite hidden from view, unfortunately. So I wanted to leave you with a thought about all of this, because one of the things that's quite confusing in life is the basic reality that corporations are constantly telling you how dangerous corporations are, right? So corporations that run the media, corporations that run Hollywood and so on, that write children's books are constantly telling you how dangerous corporations are. It's really, really fascinating when you think about it. And I think the answer to that is this. Corporations like telling you how dangerous corporations are so that you will run to the government and demand that the government expand its powers to protect you from corporations. Corporations then use those expanded government powers to maximize their own profits, often at the expense of the general population and particularly of the poor. I think this helps crack the nut as to why you see so much anti-corporate propaganda coming from corporations. They get you scared, you run to the government, and then they have a red phone hotline to the government, which you don't have, and the government then does their will, generally, at your expense. Because corporations, I mean, they are legal fictions invented by the state to protect senior members of the corporation from personal liability for wrongdoing. But in the free market manifestation, they can't force you to do anything. They can advertise, they can influence. The car company can hire a bikini model to drape herself on the hood, but they can't force you to buy the car. The power to compel you rests on the state. And of course, if all you're worried about is corporations, you're missing the real enemy.